So like we knew kids that wore Zeppelin shirts. So yeah, I'd imagine totally. that like the teenagers these days are wearing their Nirvana shirts. Um, Led Zeppelin is the guy who is is a Jimmy Hendrix. It's a single guy. His name is Led Zeppelin. Yes, <laughs> his name is Led. Yeah, his name is Led. But what's who does the song? Is ooh yeah yeah ooh yeah yeah. You're talking yeah. about Robert Plant, the lead but singer. Da, 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 but that is Led Zeppelin. Da, 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 da. Yes. That is Led Zeppelin. Yes, his name Led Zeppelin's in his, his name. It's Robert Led Zeppelin Plant. Led Zeppelin. And it's one guy. He well, Led Zeppelin's his gamer tag. So he's, <laughs> since he's, he's e athlete, he can only be referred to as Led Zeppelin. Of course, it's Led Zeppelin pound two seven six three on September 4th, 2016. I'm Ryan. I'm Sandy. I'm Davis. And I'm Curtis. And this is Pixels Weekly. Hi, everybody. <laughs> hello, hello. <laughs> Hi. So, uh, listeners, if this is your first or second episode, <laughs> then maybe nothing's uh, unusual to you, but we have Davis and Curtis on the show today. Yannick uh, is off on vacation. Is that what it is, Sandy? He's in the, in the woods. Romantique. Oh yes, he's he's uh, <laughs> weekend de romantique uh, in the woods of upstate New York, and uh, so joining us back from the E three episode is uh, my brother Curtis. Curtis, thanks for doing the show. Absolutely. And uh, and Davis is back on the show. So Davis, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me again. I had a lot of fun last time. Really excited to be back with Sandy this time too. Yay. Yes, Sandy, we missed, I personally miss someone laughing at all my stupid jokes. <laughs> That's all I do. All I do is laugh. <laughs> the thing is, I was so excited to come on the first time, and then I learned that Sandy wasn't going to be there, and I was like, well, I guess it's not the face. same. Sandy's mm-hmm. not the same. You're, you bring the magic. There's no laugh track behind the whole episode. <laughs> it's a different show. It is a different show. It's like two and a half men without the laugh track. Um, I was Angus. I got to be Angus in that one. Does everybody know the actor? Is Angus, Angus the child? Which one's Angus? Angus? Is he the, the kid? <laughs> okay. He's the like half the only man. good part of that show. He's okay. the half man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, half man. Yeah, well, in terms of height, maybe. I guess I was the shortest, so that I would be the half man. Um, well, for people who don't know, and for people who do, we always start the show. What's what's in our minds, what's in the news, and what we're playing? It's the hodgepodge. What's everybody's hodgepodge this week? There was a Nintendo Direct. No, don't 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 stop. I want to hear more. Okay, perfect. Twenty minutes more of. Um. Yes. All right. Tell us about this. I saw. Can I tell you something? But before you get into this, I saw, uh, the new 3ds. And so just make sure you talk about that new 3DS because I have thoughts and feelings about it. The Galaxy one, the one that That's Reggie Fils and May kept talking. It Where is my new 3DS XL? Where is it? Where is it? <laughs> yes. Reggie Fils and May. 
uh, for for you guys that haven't seen this Nintendo Direct, uh, and for people that don't know what a Nintendo Direct is, if you've been out of the Nintendo game for a long time, Nintendo, instead of doing press conferences or being part of any industry events, Nintendo basically just makes a YouTube video <laughs> and uploads it, um, which I, I imagine is fairly cost efficient. But sometimes they do this weird thing where, like, Reggie fils president of Nintendo America, will, like, come in and he... In this time, Sandy, where was he sitting? He was sitting on like like a porch in a forest or something. I remember they were getting ready to record and he was looking they were he was sitting in a seat and he was talking to someone and then he starts looking for his three DS that's got all the twenty seventeen games. Where's that three DS? And I'm like, What what? <laughs> what are you doing? Like, what do you, you why are you looking for this so much? The commercial for that 3DS, um, yeah, it was him just, like, on a porch outside. It clearly looks like a set. But it's still, like, space, <laughs> purple. <laughs> it's, so, anyway, people don't like the look of this 3DS. I almost want to trade in my 3DS to get this stupid thing because it looks like every Macintosh wallpaper from the days when they were doing space yeah. wallpapers. Yeah. Oh, it's like my favorite thing. I love it. I, I, I don't know why they get rid of those wallpapers. Not only that, but it's like between operating systems, they remove the wallpapers from the previous operating system. It kills yeah, me. They, they like to like keep it fresh, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But I want the Keeps I want you wanting space. more. Yeah. Keeps you wanting yeah. more. <laughs> so anyway, sorry. Sandy, now I've it's wasted okay. a bunch of time. Hodgepodge, Nintendo we, Direct. We all want this Nintendo 3DS XL. This new Nintendo 3DS XL. Yep. And Animal Crossing New Leaf is getting a big update in the fall, and it's free, mm. and it's got Amiibo support. What is the update to Animal Crossing? What are they adding to it? Amiibo support. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's it. Great. It's Amiibo support, and then um, Happy Home Designer is getting a new type of Amiibo cards, where it's actually vehicles, so oh wow, Aria and I were talking about this, and he's like, now you've got... Trailer trash in your town. And I'm like, or really white, rich white people that can afford RVs. I mean, I think of mobile homes as generally being that white trash thing. I don't know. But there's also definitely a section of like really rich white people who go on vacation and do it exclusively in mobile homes. Like John Cena. I mean, he's got he's got one. John Cena. And his name is John Cena. <laughs> and let's not forget mobile homes uh for people that are looking to get into um what is an ultimately dangerous but very lucrative business opportunity uh you can cook crystal meth in them this is very true that's just something that you could do in a mobile i'm surprised home. more people aren't doing it <laughs> right. do, but do we really have any statistics that suggest they aren't <laughs> like, has anyone actually looked up? Like, how many people are cooking meth in mobile homes these days? It's just like you go to well, a trailer park. Post that anywhere official? <laughs> no, they're not anywhere that you can. Tra- not anywhere it can be tracked anyway, right? Um, so you said it's the 3ds XL. The new 3ds XL. The new 3ds XL. So there is an existing 3ds XL. So p- pardon my my. No, hold on, wait. There was an existing new 3ds XL. There was so it's the, the new new 3ds XL. <laughs> How do you purchase it at a store? What do you call it? That, I mean, I think this has been Nintendo's problem for the whole generation since they came out with Wii U, which is what a horrible name for a system because, like, let's name it almost exactly like the last one, but add in a meaningless letter right at the back end of it. <laughs> 
but I was going to ask because like uh, I'm I'm not very familiar with the, the the portable handheld systems, and so I'm like kind of curious to learn a little bit more about them and if it's something I would want to get into or not. But like now that I understand that there's like four different new 3ds XLs, that's like a really unapproachable field for me to get into. Yes. So yeah. quick update on what the heck is going on in that <laughs> uh, space. There was the 3ds for a long time, and then mm-hmm. they came out with 3ds's. A 3DS XL, which is like the biggest one, and person personally the only one that feels good in my hand. The tiny one I don't like, even though they kept the resolution the same on the screen, so the tiny one looks better because the big one is just stretched out version of the little one. So the 3DS XL is the bigger version of the 3DS, and then just this past year they came out with the new 3DS, which is the 3DS stealthily with a little bit more memory and a little bit more processor and a nipple. Um, oh yeah, the nipple acts Explain. as a right Explain joystick. It's an extra is. joystick. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but it's not like a good extra joystick. It's like an IBM ThinkPad joystick. Oh man. <laughs> and so, but some games like Monster Hunter, you can now finally control the camera on a 3DS, which previously you only had, you know, one, uh, one joystick. So you, it would, you know, Nintendo would have to do their sort of automatic Nintendo camera thing that they've been doing for so long. Wow. Welcome to 2006. <laughs> Not even welcome to like 2000 period. Um, Nintendo behind on their hardware. No way. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, they were calling that the new Nintendo 3DS. So if you're a parent and you go into a store and they're like, my kid wants the 3DS. Like, what do I do? And the person's like, do you want the 3DS or the new 3DS? And they're probably like, I, he asked for the 3DS. He didn't say the new. I don't know which one to get him or her. And uh, so this is a new color of the extra large 3DS. The right. 3DS right now only comes in, what, Cindy, like red and black? They have different, like, special edition ones. So there was... Um the red and black, those were the first ones, and I have the red one. Then there was a Animal Crossing one. There was a Disney one. There was a Link one for one of the Zelda games. And now there's this Galaxy one. And then the extra large came out first in the U.S. And Japan had the smaller version. And then that made its way over here. And now we've got face plates. Now we've got face plates, which nobody cares about. But I'm going to put this in the chat just so to hear you guys react to this. I think what they should have released in America is they just brought this out in Japan for the 3DS. It is the Super Famicom edition to celebrate Super Nintendo's anniversary. And and Super Nintendo looked a little bit different in Japan. But uh, if you take a look at that image, they basically made it look like when it's open, it looks like the system. Oh, yeah. It's really great. Um, and if I had, if I could, I would absolutely go get a 3DS XL if it looked like when I opened it up a Super Nintendo. Are you kidding me? That That's would be so cool. good. I think they did have really one also for you. I, like I you're think, not going to get the system, but they make it gray with colored buttons, and you're like, all right, now I'm in for 300 bucks. <laughs> well, I yes. already have one, so I could probably like trade it in, you know, and get or sell it and get X amount of dollars. And then, you know, it's a $50 purchase to have something that reminds me of like my first console. Yeah, I mean, that's not a big deal. Yeah, I guess that's legitimate. Yeah. So I think um, their biggest problem with the naming is that it already ends in an S. It's a 3DS, so they can't just follow suit with Apple and, and Microsoft and just call it the 3DSS. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> the 3DSS. Um, 
Yes. Okay. We're still interrupting Sandy's hodgepodge. It's okay. <laughs> we're excited about this we Nintendo have news. Feelings. Yeah. yeah. So Amiibo support. That's that's what I'm excited for. Mm-hmm. And um, Yoshi's Woolly World is going to come out for the 3DS. Mario Maker is awesome. also going to come out for the 3DS, and both have their own special Amiibos. So it's gonna be fun time. At Davis for Curtis, have you guys played either Yoshi's Woolly World or? Um, Mario Maker? No, because we, well, we had this conversation uh, on the last show, not not being Nintendo kids or really having like any motivation to move into that world. I unfortunately, like, I obviously know who Yoshi is and I know who Mario are, is, but um, sadly, I don't get an opportunity to play these games. I mean, yeah. I, I've played Mario Maker, I think, on your console, and I think that's the extent of it. Um, yeah. Mario Maker is the one that I hear about the most. And I've definitely like watched streams and videos of Mario Maker, and I think like that's definitely something I would be interested in. And Curtis, since the last time you played it with me, they have they have for free patched in a bunch of things to it. Like uh, now you can have keys and key doors, and doors can take you to separate parts of levels. And there's power bricks and the trampolines, and basically almost everything that's ever been in any Mario game is in there. And you can make your own Mario levels or play other people's levels. Um, which is really crazy and great. And to see it coming to 3DS is awesome. But, <laughs> Sandy, do you want to mention the caveats of what they said with Mario Maker and 3DS? It's got limitations. It's got some limitations. Specifically, you cannot, A, <laughs> share the levels you make online. <laughs> what? That's like the whole point of the game, in my opinion. Also, like a Nintendo product with limitations? No way. <laughs> right. You cannot play other people's courses that they've posted online. What? <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> right. um, and uh, the only way to share courses or play somebody else's courses is to use Street Pass, which is literally walking by somebody uh, with a 3DS on the street, which is such a Nintendo thing, or be physically next to them for this sort of 3DS wireless, which I honestly think is like through infrared or something crazy um, to another 3DS. So a version of Mario Maker that there's no way I would ever buy, ever, ever, ever. Um, But Yoshi's Woolly World is an amazing Yoshi's Island game and totally worth playing. And they're, they're trying to capitalize on that Pokemon Go market. It's like while you're out with your phone playing Pokemon Go, you can then turn off your phone, yeah. put it in your pocket, and pull out your 3DS and turn on Mario Maker. And then what is it called? Street <laughs> Street Pass. And then you Street yes. Pass. Your Mario. What is it called? Your Mario Hope Maker somewhere around you has built a friends. level that you can use. <laughs> That's right. That you yeah. happen to physically walk close to. Yeah, exactly. Well, the <laughs> game is going to notify you in Pokemon Go, and then you're going to, like I said, put the Pokemon <laughs> Go away, pull out the 3ds and seamless transition uh, pokemon yeah. go is gonna be like open your 3ds so in my opinion if you spend both spend money on this mario maker game and you actually uh walk by somebody uh with a 3ds and you have your 3ds open you deserve to be hit by whatever car comes your way well it doesn't have to be open street pass i actually um because i bring my 3ds into work all the time and i get at least 40 50 street passes a day really yeah, because I work in New York. Yeah, that may have been and good I live in Jersey. Kids, now I'm in Sunnyvale, and I'm, I don't street pass with anybody. Shut your face, Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that is that it. Is that your? <laughs> that, <laughs> that's it. Oh, and I have a story. I went to. Yeah. This is my ultimate like trolling Sandy and 
in real life thing. I went to GameStop. And I was yeah. like, what can I buy at GameStop? So I bought some Amiibos. Uh, yeah. you didn't say Funko Pops. Uh, that sounds very uh, And I did. I got I got the Amiibos for a Splatoon. And I got uh, Marie and Callie. They're so cute. But there was also this box. And it was for... Um, GameStop has the exclusive for League of Legends Pops. And God, there's a... Man. The... What is it, Curtis? Amumu? Or is uh, that his name? The Mummy? Amumu? Yes. Yes. The sad mummy. The only way you can get the mummy is by buying this box. And it oh was the last God. one on the shelf. And this guy grabbed it, looked at it, and he looked kind of sad and he put it back up. And I was like, aha, sucker. <laughs> and I grabbed it and I went straight to the cash register. He you really think so he's pissed. the sucker in that scenario, Sandy? Uh, <laughs> you said he looked yes. kind of sad. He probably like, saved up his allowance for the week and saw that he was like five cents short. No, it's like, the, oh, no this is a grown sad. adult. This is an adult. Oh, this, I'm not taking stuff from kids. I, that's rude. I've got a, I've got a limit. <laughs> I'm just picturing Sandy in the GameStop like, ripping boxes out of like 10-year-old's hands. Get out of here. Are, are pops the things with the big head, the like little doll things with the large head? Yes, right. They're the the plastic unposable action figure. Well, vinyl unposable action figure. That like <laughs> since GameStop and ThinkGeek decided to make themselves one like super entity. Uh, now you go into GameStop and like half of the stuff that they sell is just like socks and t-shirts and Funko Pops. It's the weirdest thing ever because you're like, I'm, I want to... Do you have any well, video games? No, I mean, that's probably better because we download every video game we actually want to play now, right? Like, mm-hmm. most of the time, anyway. Yeah, so they've got to move to the physical side of things. Yeah, I, I well, I totally agree with that. It's just weird going to a place called GameStop and most of what's there is apparel. I took a picture. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it right now, but I'll, I'll send it to you guys. It's... It's right by the cash register, you know, where you usually put like impulse buys. The stack of things was uh, Pokemon, the two new Pokemon games, iTunes gift certificates, and Google Play gift certificates. Because we know it's so weird that they sell like digital currency. Games <laughs> <laughs> of like, hey, don't use us anymore. Uh, Pokemon, the trading card game, a Jigglypuff amiibo, Jigglypuff and Jigglypuff, and then this is very weird. I don't know if you guys can see it, but it's. Suicide Squad panties. Oh, oh. God. And, wait, and these were at the like, checkout counter? Oh, yeah. Think Geek sells <laughs> like, them. That's why. Like, yes. Oh, just in case you forgot to pick some up. <laughs> can you imagine like a six-year-old going to like get a Disney Infinity figure at GameStop and then like they have like their parents are looking at daddy's little monster panties? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, hey, pick these up on your so, way out. So you picked Who's up. Who's gonna pair, buy right? those? Moms. <laughs> what kind of look moms. are you gonna give the person that's buying those? So here's you the know, real question: Ryan. Are you wearing? Are you wearing them right now? I am. Um, I'm actually wearing two. One on each thigh because I'm a very large man. Uh, <laughs> oh, you know what? It's funny. It's just like GameStop now is so far in that direction where like. I just want them to merge with Hot Topic and create one <laughs> gross store for it. <laughs> like every person who wants to pretend that they're alternative or something like that. Like, go get your, your Harley Quinn backpack and your Nirvana t-shirt, which is still a thing. It's still um, a thing. As it should be. As it should. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. Well, my... <laughs> 
Uh, my hodgepodge for the week is uh, a couple things. Number one, I have uh, gone back to and started playing more No Man's Sky. And I think I'm just not... I don't know if I'm the silent majority or the silent minority, but I really like that game. Like, I was up till literally... I, I turned it on at like 10 p.m. Uh, a few nights ago, and... I was playing and playing and playing and I could feel myself getting tired at one point. I'm like, ooh, I feel myself getting tired. How long have I been playing this? I look over. It's 4 a.m. Whoa. And so I played it a bunch more um, and I'm really starting to now do less like custom naming and things like that and just sort of like getting the resources I need, jumping to the next planet and like pushing through it at a more rapid pace. Um and that has felt pretty good. Like I'm, I'm pretty happy uh, with that. Uh, I don't and think so you're necessarily I, in the minority. I like I, as far as people liking the game. I think most people do like that game. But I think they have the feeling the same way you were talking about early access games last show, where like if you put a bunch of time into that game and then all of a sudden it's a different game several months later because of updates, like, are you supposed to go back and continue to like re-experience it? And I think a lot of people feel that way about No Man's Sky. Yeah. Like, if Hello Games is correct in what they plan on adding to the game and what they plan on updating, I don't necessarily want to sink a bunch of time into a game that like is seemingly half done and then have to go back and redo it. I also wanted to add in that like, I think the culture of people who have, Put together, it, it, the internet does this way too often. People will put together compilations of what the developer said in all the interviews and all the things that they said they were working on or wanted, and then like use it to call a person a liar or the fact that Sean Murray is still getting people who are mad at him tweeting him and, and, and saying what a horrible person he is or requesting oh, I just have refunds. No time for those people. It's, it's crazy to me. And, um, no, I think No Man's Sky is great, and for all of us who do love No Man's Sky, go and love it. And the second part of my hodgepodge is uh, I would like to personally thank uh, EA for the service EA Access, <laughs> because <laughs> oh, yeah. EA, it's 30 bucks a year, it's so good, and it let me play, um, I think, about six of ten potential hours um, of the new Madden this year and i'm you know we you know we could talk about madden as being sort of a bro game or whatever but madden comes out every year i've been away from it for a few years this madden i came back because people were saying it's very good and i gotta tell you it's very very good if you love football de americana <laughs> then uh, you're gonna the love only football madden. that matters the only football that truly matters is american thank you we can all say that because Yannick isn't here. I was about to say. I would say that with Yannick here. He knows <laughs> that. I would absolutely say that with Yannick here. <laughs> America. Boom. Yeah, I might be a little bit more deferential to soccer if Yannick was here. But um, I, I got to admit something. I don't like watching soccer at all. I like football. Well, and, ooh, is it so good, man? Soccer's so good a good sport, too. And like a good American resident, I think Yannick even called it soccer last week. Soccer. Yeah, um, at least call it by its real name. Its real American name of <laughs> it's soccer. Real American name. <laughs> if you don't like it, go home. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to go into it, but we could go into why it actually should be called soccer because that's uh, a real thing. But no, I, I mean, it put six hours into Madden, which to me feels like a lot. Was that all just single player, or or what's what's new? Because I haven't. Yeah. Tried it yet. So it's all it's all single player is what I did. I'm not since I'm so bad. And by the way. Curtis, I should tell you that I could not, my first couple matches, 
beat the computer on Pro, <laughs> which is everybody, uh, if, if people know the difficulties of Madden, that's like the second difficulty. There's like Rookie, Pro, All Pro, All Madden is like the traditional yep. difficulty. And I could not beat the computer on Pro. I, I just only threw interceptions. Only <laughs> I was like, That's this my is biggest complaint about that game. I felt like no matter like which quarterback I had on my team, just freaking interceptions. Nonstop. Interceptions galore. And oh, so like. Killer. It, it's demoralizing. Um, it's amazing. Like if you haven't played Madden before this year, they put you through a flow of when you start Madden. They do the traditional like choose your favorite team so that you get like menus and stuff themed in your color or your team's color and see pictures of your team. But which team um, did you pick, Ryan? I I picked the New England Patriots, yeah. the, the best team in all of football in the past gross. decade plus. Gross. Or, gross. Or do you mean the the best team in all of sports in the best decade plus? <laughs> gross. Gross. <laughs> oh, Sandy, you're outnumbered on. <laughs> <laughs> Am I? I'm also louder, so... Yeah, that's true. All right, well... <laughs> yeah, and so they put you through this flow now of after they do that, they actually put you in... Um, there's a new mode called Play the Moments where you can simulate kind of a season, but um, essentially anytime there's like a critical juncture in the game, it'll put you into control of it. So it's like, okay, your defense really needs to make this stop or your offense really needs to pull off this first down or something. They'll have you play those moments and it condenses a season which is usually a very long thing in Madden into like a very manageable set of chunks that still feels fun to play. So does the rest but, of the game get simulated? The rest of the game is a simulation, yeah. Cool. That's really great um, because I think like one of the biggest appeals of Madden is that like season to season managing of personnel yes. and like bringing a rookie from rookie status to like all-star status. And so that's pretty cool that you can like both simulate through the season, but also feel like you're still playing a little bit. Right. Not only that, but like the, the tutorials and stuff in this Madden, like to get you up to speed with running and passing and defense, which have all, which are all now so complex in Madden. There's so many things you can do in terms of audibles and real time decision-making. Like you can do a, you can hurdle over someone as a ball carrier, but then you can, hold L and finesse hurdle, which like increases the chance of a fumble, but also increases the chance of success of the hurdle itself. You know, so it's like a risk reward stuff at each decision point and passing has like five different sorts of things you can do at any point. So it's very complex, but the drills are not easy. They, they feel really great. They're still pretty challenging if you want to get gold on them. If you're like me and you just want to like, I can't, I, I'm going to restart this challenge until I absolutely get gold on it. There's like 30 different challenges that you can do to um, tutorial um, your way through the beginning of the game. But yeah, EA Access, it's free. Your 10 hours of progress are not lost. If you buy the game, you still get 10% off. I'm like advertising EA Access now. It's really <laughs> good. I'm with you. I'm with you. Like, I was a huge Madden player for a long time, but I don't think I've picked up that game in like five years. But now you got me like thinking in the back of my mind. Well, here's what I'm torn about now, though. This is what EA Access also does, which is... If I just waited out, probably around, what would you say, Curtis, February, March, like after the Super Bowl's over, they're going to give me this Madden for free. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> and so I could either pay 60 bucks to have it now or fifty three ninety nine or whatever it is for, for the game now, 
Or I could just be like, 10 hours is all I need with that game. I'll wait till it's free and now I can just play it whenever Unless want. you want to go pro. Also, will those rosters be updated? That was like the biggest thing that would keep me coming back to the next Madden each year was like, gotta have those updated rosters, man. Like, I can't be playing with Patriots that aren't on that team anymore. Oh, yeah. Well, this Madden not only updates rosters week to week, but for the first time in Madden, they have their own set of announcers. And so they update the announcers every week now. Oh, wow. So now the, the announcers will actually be talking about recent injuries that happened in the NFL. They'll be talking about recent games that happened in the NFL. They'll be like, well, last week the Bears really dropped one to the so-and-so. You know? And you're like, wow, there's like a legitimate amount of new content every single week. Um, so it feels the most... Um, people have said that the, the new guys are a little bit flatter, I guess, than your typical Collinsworth, but I think it's just because they're not used to them yet. Um, but it's the most alive Madden that there's ever been. It uh, you know, there, it still has some Madden problems where you look over and there's a coach on the sideline who looks like a, a Disney animatronic. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of like, call the next play, Ryan, you are the best. So that's still weird, but uh, mostly things are good. Plus Gronk's on the cover, man. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, Which that's, means he's gonna be uh, he's OP. so strong in that game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Not like he wasn't last year. And that's, I think that's one of my biggest problems with Madden is like there are some plays where it's very clear, like it just simulates what happens based on who has a higher number associated with their player. It didn't feel like that so much on Pro anymore to me, but I'll tell you what. When I did, I was like, maybe it pros too hard and i put it down a rookie my first play as the patriots was just a lob to gronkowski down the field and he just jumped over three guys caught it and took it in i was like nope that's not right <laughs> <laughs> uh, so i just rain uh, on, on the patriots parade here but uh statistics say like isn't there the madden curse right shouldn't gronk like be out the season this year i know i know it's uh well no not based on last year no so they've broken it uh yeah <laughs> i think it might be a couple years broken yeah, right. that's good. Good news. That's good. good. News, yeah. Also, yes, the Patriots are the number one team in the game. Yeah. And by the way, the Patriots Gross. are statistically number one in the game, even with Jimmy Garoppolo as the starting quarterback. I was about to say, you got to sit, you got to sit Brady over those first five games. <laughs> so yes, this is our new sports cast, the Madden Zone. Um, Gross. Yes. So sports. No. <laughs> he survived on my. My book. goodness, I still don't get how you play Madden competitively in the esports scene. It does not make any sense to me. Like I just, I agree with you. I like watching. Esports. I like watching StarCraft, Dota, um, Hearthstone. I just I can't watch Madden. I'm like I can I can pay for actual football tickets. Oh no, and see, see I would in much person. rather watch Madden. But the thing is, that, that, that's like what uh, when I used to play Madden, people get so hyped about Madden. They would get hyped about like the online play and playing against other people. And I yeah. would always be confused. Like I don't want to play against other people. I want to play against <laughs> I mean, computer that's... in the dirt. Like the whole point of this game is for me to win by forty points. Yeah, I can't Curtis, do that if I'm against Curtis plays online. Curtis, you're you're quite good at Madden. I've watched Curtis play Madden. I think it was like I remember the first time ever. It was you know years ago at this point that like I was playing a game against Curtis and Curtis was beating me. And I was as the older brother, <laughs> my brain started to melt. I was like, I don't understand why I'm not as good as him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I played a lot of Madden online, and I'm looking forward to try the new one. Uh, uh, the oh, the last one was was good, but I, I feel like in the what they added last year was the like special things for pass catching where you can make like an aggressive or possession catch. Yes. And what it ended up doing is just like encouraging you to throw deep every play because if you have a like 95 plus receiver, he can just beat double coverage. 
and like it's not going to get picked because your receiver is just like that high. In, in yeah, like, I found I found that that because um, that that all those aggressive things and conser- or one's a possession catch, which is like hires the chance of possession but eliminates basically yards after catch, and then there's run after catch, which is the right. person immediately turns up field um, when they have the ball. But all of that, st- I, I mean. Quite often, I was throwing to players who were had one or double coverage um, and tried to make aggressive catches. They leapt up and they were actually being hit like in the legs um, by the people defending them, like who were trying to play the ball. So I almost never got a downfield aggressive catch, even with Gronkowski, Brady to Gronkowski on pro. So I can imagine. Fascinating. Um, yeah, it's interesting. So. Uh, that's my hodgepodge. All right, uh, who's next? Who wants to go next? I'll uh, I'll kick it off. The the Rim World is real, dude. Uh, I think I had several nights this week where Rim World had me up, similar to you with No Man's Sky, up to like three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. You actually can't hear it right now because I'm pounding the tea and honey, but I'm actually pretty sick, and I'm pretty sure it's due to the fact that I got zero sleep this week. <laughs> so um, I think on Tuesday, or but you're Wednesday, healthy in your Rim World. <laughs> well, I think, well, I wish, right? So um, I think on Tuesday or Wednesday, they released an update because they're still in early access, and now they include a tutorial, which was like much needed. Um, when I first played that game, while I thoroughly enjoyed it, I found myself at many times being like, how the hell do I build this thing that they're asking me to build? Um, mm-hmm. And now that there's this like really great tutorial that takes you through like the different stages of the game and uh, sort of like through a traditional like progression of like, here's how to properly like upgrade things and here's sort of the general like things you want to upgrade and start with early on so that later on you're not like totally behind. Um, so I, f- I started over with my colony and I followed their tutorial and it's great because once the tutorial is done, it's not like you finish the tutorial and now you get to go start a real game. The tutorial like evolves into the actual like colony that you would build on your own anyways. So you sort of go through the tutorial and you, and, and you finish setting up all the stuff they want you to set up and then you have a much better idea of like how to properly go about like uh, setting up tasks and and making sure that you're assigning work properly to the people in your colony. Um, but man, that game is addicting. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, so I've been playing a lot of RimWorld. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I'm sure we're going to talk about it much more in the show. But Legion dropped and damn, it's good. It's, <laughs> it's real good. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we'll keep it short. That's my hodgepodge. All right. Um, I guess that leaves me, <laughs> which uh, I'll, 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 <laughs> the excitement is real. <laughs> uh, so excited! That's no. that's that is him at his most excited. Uh, yeah, no, I have to uh, sort of echo what Davis is saying about Legion because that's what I've been playing, and I feel like I've put in a lot of time. Yet my highest level character is only one hundred five at this point. Um, but the expansion is just it's it's feels much better than warlords of draenor so far i remember like questing 90 to 100 in warlords of draenor even with my first character just sort of felt annoying and i was like let me be done with this the garrison was sort of cool but became unmanageable like before you could even finish it they added too many things to it uh but so far the class halls and the the artifact weapons and, and Legion are, they're, they're pretty awesome. Yeah, I definitely want to get into this at some point because I, I have like a, a lot of thoughts about how it contrasts to Warlords of Draenor in, in like the, the greatest of ways. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, I mean, I think a lot of people feel it's the best one since Wrath of the Lich King, 
Uh, which I did. Wasn't he actually there for Mr. Pandaria, but... I don't think anyone was there for Mr. Pandaria. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was. I, was I there tried for like it. a hot minute before <laughs> I was like, oh, I It's just fun. I think, I think it depends what you're into it, specifically for the, the fact game. That they give you the, the artifact, just having like a really awesome weapon, like as like the feature of the expansion is, is awesome. Because that's one of the things I love about the game is having cool looking gear and weapons. Yeah, and for that's, sure. The highlight of this. I like the pandas. Well, let's get into it then. Uh, So, the topic of this show, uh, I wanted to talk about uh, min maxing versus casual play. So, min maxing, for people that don't know this term or are not min maxers (laughs) or don't care to be, min maxing is essentially, I mean, I guess, how would you guys describe it? Min maxing is sort of always wanting to be the best, do the best, have the best, and there are certain types of video game players who literally don't see the point of partaking in a game if they're not going to be the best, see the best, have the best. Well, like, so uh, take any game, for instance, and you have some sort of, like, generally some sort of progression system that you're going through. Whether it's, like, you have 20 levels that you have to complete, and it's, like, most basic form. I think those are the type of games that you would think about. Or you have some sort of, like, character class progression, some sort of experience that you're going through as far as, like, uh, an RPG would go or something like an MMO. And I think of min-maxing as, like, that game will have some sort of, like, mathematical meta in terms of how you can quickest get from point A to point B. Right. So if you're trying to like complete 20 levels, there is a quickest way to get through each of those levels. If you are trying to reach a certain level maximum with a character in an RPG, there is like a mathematical fastest way to get as much XP as possible in the shortest amount of time. Versus like the alternatives, which is like taking the more scenic routes with those things, um, whether it's to collect like additional, like not necessarily like critical path items or uh or discover new places that aren't necessarily a part of that critical path of your character. And, uh, yeah, I, I'd love to hear other people's thoughts on it as we continue this. But um, I think, like, as it relates to WoW, that's a really, really difficult one because I think that, like, there is a little bit less of a meta overall in the game. I think, like, within each class there's some sort of a meta. But, um, like, overall, I'd, I, I'd love to hear, like, how other people feel about that. Trying to synthesize something like that. I, even drawing a line, a dotted line to your League of Legends or Dotas of the world where, you know, uh, this year at the International, one of the big surprises is sort of the team that won kind of did not play to what was the accepted best way of playing the game. And, you know, you even see this in games like Call of Duty or Overwatch, anything competitive, right, where people are like, what you do is you pick this character, and they are statistically the strongest for X number of reasons, or, and then you use this set of skills, and you use them in these timers, and as long as you're practiced and good enough at it, that is the best possible way to do something. Um, or Dota League of Legends, this is when you go in lane, these are the items that you're supposed to buy, this is the exact build, or um, this is exactly, if you're even playing an RPG, this is the points you put into which skills um, in order to do the most damage or be the big best tank or do, you know, the best stuff. And yeah, that's, that's kind of min maxing. And well, and those things are usually the result of an actual like mathematical calculation that's been done. Like if you like have these items and you like cast these spells on this timer, then like statistically you're going to put the most damage, you're going to have the highest damage output possible, like from a numbers perspective. Right. And very often, you know, people, min maxers are, uh, thrown asunder by things like patches or character balancing and nerfs quote-unquote and buffs um, because it often changes that mathematical calculation and so for a time it almost makes the playing field a bit more even we talked about this before davis where for the 
for the first Overwatch patch that they put on consoles, when they had added Anna and they changed some of the abilities to some of the characters, there was a time where it felt really fair and really even before people could kind of figure out which characters were now the best and which abilities were now the best. We like and all surprised ourselves as we started winning matches. We're like, this doesn't feel right. We won <laughs> right. like we, we we even won like two matches in a row at one point. We're like, yeah. what is going on here? <laughs> And then sure enough, like, you wait like not. a week and people have figured out the new meta after the patch and just getting steamrolled match right. after match after match. Right, totally. Now people, like the second that people figured out that one person could be an Anna powering up a Reinhardt, like that was the end of the game for the you know, foreseeable future. Um, so I now that we've talked about min-maxing a little bit, there's that, this sort of other kind of play. And I, I'll, I can talk about it a little bit, which is... Uh, and I'd like to hear you guys too, which is that sort of non-maxer or somebody who is more casual. Um, and this is somebody who like, uh, you know, they kind of like the questing part of WoW, but they don't necessarily care about grinding it out for gear or having the best stuff. They're kind of logging on. They want to be a little bit social. They want to, you know, they, maybe they want to level up, but like getting, once they're at max level, they, they almost are kind of done with the game and like this is very much how i play um and i don't know if you guys know that's you too sandy see that's good that's me <laughs> unless there's a horde player in, in which case i'm gonna gank you you son of a <laughs> jigglypuff yeah and, and well i guess that makes sense too because you also have like sandy you have you played street fighter 5 or whatever and you have a fight stick but you're not like mm-hmm. going to, to horde players to. word players um yep but you're not exactly like you know trying to be competitive you're not going to tournaments and all that type of stuff no i like watching but i'm not really i like learning how the game is played and who plays the game what way and kind of circling back to dota no team has won the international twice and that is very telling to valve making changes yeah. and patches and things like that one year naga siren will be the best uh hero and then the next patch she's virtually useless and then the team that relies on her super heavily can't use her again so when wings won it was a huge deal because they were insane it was one of the best matches we had we had ever seen at a ti and we're like what what happened eg and navi like you guys were the the favorites and you didn't really bring the games that you were supposed to but so i would imagine that it's exciting uh, the the developers like valve they release these patches on on purpose as a way to sort of like break up that meta like i think they knowingly take whatever hero is generally considered to be the best and they probably over nerf them just for that effect like there's nothing interesting about watching the same like combination of heroes win year after year and I would imagine That's that true. something like Overwatch will have the same the, the the same input from the developers, where with each patch, they're not necessarily trying to make it perfectly balanced. They might just be trying to make sure that they change things up a little bit. Possibly. That's giving them a little bit too much credit, uh, because in StarCraft and Blizzard, every single tournament, it's always a Protoss player winning. And back when uh, Brood War was the, the big thing in esports, you didn't really see that many... Protoss players, it was a little bit more balanced. You had Terran, you had Zerg. It, it it felt a little bit more balanced. And now it's like it's like, oh they they've won because of the cheese, the Protoss cheese. And I'm I'm 
it's yeah. kind of like boring Which now. Might be why we're getting StarCraft One remastered, but we, that's that's for another show. So I don't know if you guys know this, but there's a dude. Um, people love some science here, so I'm going to give you some science by starting off with a phrase like "dude." There's this dude <laughs> named named Herbert Simon, uh, and in the 40s and 50s, he kind of came up with these two methods of thinking. Um, in, in a book that he wrote, but essentially they're called, and they, they tie very directly to the type of video game player someone ends up being, which is uh, maximizers and satisfizers. And satisficing is sort of the proper term for what we're talking about, which is uh, a, a maximizer, right? If a maximizer is going to go buy a pair of jeans, then this person is going to research what the best jeans are they're going to go to the store they're going to try on a bunch of jeans they're going to see what's the exact right thing once they even buy the jeans they're probably going to go to a tailor and have the jeans altered so that they're absolutely perfect that person that type of person generally gets happiness derives happiness from knowing that they have the best thing and the satisficer the satisficer says i need it to be good enough um, so they will say, Hey, what's the best gene? Maybe they'll even ask a friend. They're not even going to double check. They'll ask a friend, what's the best jeans? Oh, you got to get these jeans. They go, they try on the jeans. Are they comfortable? Yes, they get them. And they think that somebody who's a maximizer is, and they're, they're deriving happiness because it's good enough and it was simple enough and they didn't spend extra time and energy on it. So that's, that's sort of. They're, they're thinking that the person who does all the research and gets them altered and stuff, that seems like a giant waste of time. And the truth is that all people are not somewhere in between. Instead, they're selective depending on the thing in their life, right? You might be a maximizer when it comes to your video games that you absolutely have the best stuff. But when it comes to what kind of car you drive, I just need a Toyota. You know, like it's just kind of good enough. Or, uh, you know, you might have somebody who like absolutely has to have the nicest clothes in the world or the coolest fashion and when it comes to having a computer they'll get a macbook air even though they don't care that it's kind of old and underpowered um because it's good enough <laughs> so i guess when it comes to video games what type of player are you and it might be different per genre, but for me, I'm, I'm mostly a satisfizer. Well, I, I was about to say, I think that it definitely changes for me based off of the game, not even necessarily the genre, like within a given genre. I think like per game, I probably change up how I feel about it. Maybe even within a specific game, there's like certain paths of decision making where yeah. I change whether I am a maximizer or a, a satisfizer. Um, I think that I probably err on like the maximizer side of things. Uh but there are certain cases where I think the, the the types of things that will get me to sort of slow down and enjoy the more like scenic parts of a game, not necessarily visually, but just in, like in general, the kind of the the slower non-maximizer oriented parts of the game. If, if those are there in a given game and I recognize them, like I will sort of like change my stance. Like I go into a game with a maximizer mindset, but if you can prove to me that there is something outside of that path that is like really compelling and really yeah. exciting to experience, then I'm definitely going to like slow down a little bit and, and, and follow that. Yeah, I think you're right. I think there's something to that, which is, it's so granular in video games because there's so many different types of things to do and interact with that it might even be per mechanic, 
right? Or per yeah. game, where like, uh, not even genre, but per game. Like, I don't know about you guys, but did you guys play Crackdown? Of course. <laughs> I did not play Crackdown. No. Curtis, you're the only good one on the, the show. Best, one of the best games in the past however many years since it's come out. I totally agree. And so Crackdown was a game where I loved Crackdown so much that I absolutely had to get every orb of the type of orb that I was into, which is like the jumping super high, be super strong orb. Like you you essentially upgrade your character by moving around the open world and collecting these orbs. And I had to get every single one. I was just like, no, I need I need all of them. Yeah, I need to be start strong out that way or did you start out in more of like a satisfier way where I can like slowly enjoy this game to the point where I feel comfortable with it. And then you had done that and decided for yourself, like this game is so great that I actually need more. And then you shift your focus towards like, what is there more for me to do? Uh, Possibly to like maximize like obtaining all of these different. Well, I don't. I actually don't think that's the same thing. Like going collecting everything is is like a completionist type of thing. Like you you may not have been doing it in the most efficient way. Like if you were maximizing, you'd be like, "Well, I have to get this orb after this one." You'd look up a guide to do that. Yeah, you're right. You're that's right. It was. It did feel more like a compulsion than a sort of I cared about being the best because like often I find that that compulsion leads me to like the you almost break the game like oh I'm way too strong now for the next guy that I'm supposed to fight because instead of fighting the boss I went and yeah. well I think what Curtis is saying is that there's like a difference between a maximizer and a completionist I think like yes and the completionist can sort of sit parallel to maximizer slash satisfizer like it doesn't necessarily fit into one or the other you can be a completionist yeah. as far as the things that you're a min maxer on or you can be a completionist as far as the things that you're kind of like slower slower to take in right. do you guys have things that you are because I'm sure we each have individual things where we have gone min maxer on. Like, we just want to do the best at it. Everything. <laughs> yeah, Curtis, you are quite the min-maxer. With RimWorld, yeah. I've started to experience this a little bit, where I finished this tutorial, and I've made, like, several hours of progress into the colony that resulted from it, and I'm starting to sort of recognize where I went wrong early on and the negative consequences I'm experiencing as a result of it. And I'm thinking mm. to myself, like, God, if I had only built this thing before that thing, or if I had only like saved these resources for this thing, then I would be yeah. much further along in the game at this point. And so I went through this process of like, should I start over? Like I've put like 12 hours into this colony. Should I now like start <laughs> over so that I like in hindsight, knowing how the game mechanics work can like min max my way such that like in, in four hours, I can get to that same point that I was at in 12 hours and be in like a much better position to succeed further on with the colony. And it's like a struggle there because on one hand, I want to experience the game as I would intend they wanted me to, which is to like take my colony to completion and to sort of experience what happens to this colony as it grows and exists for longer. But at the same Mm -hmm. time, there's like a min-maxer inside of me that's like itching. That's like, no, no, no. Like if if you can just, you can just start and you can do it better this time and then you'll, and then you'll be good. And then you can go on and do the rest of it the way that you intended to with this first colony. Um, But the chances that that actually happens and I don't stop with that second colony and say, I could start over again and do even more efficiently. Um, Right. So I'm definitely experiencing that in, in, in that game. And it's funny because a game like RimWorld, like the storylines that happen and the consequences of not being a min-maxer ultimately probably make the game more interesting and a little bit more fun yeah. of like, yeah, I do have to deal with this flawed colony. We made mistakes. Or it's it's kind of like reality. We made mistakes early. We didn't realize what it was going to be. You know, I'm sure there's a couple of amendments to the Constitution that we wish we could make some edits <laughs> to at this point, but not exactly. Um, yeah, no, I'm... 
I I get like that in God games. Like when I play City Skylines or SimCity, if my place is not like has the most efficient traffic, I'll spend 40 minutes just like getting the traffic right. I'll spend hours getting the traffic right eventually. Um, just because I want, you know, oh, look at that. Isn't that nice? All the cars are perfectly, they're getting to work as fast as they possibly can with this few stoplights and all that stuff. But whereas like in a world of Warcraft, um, because I recently came back to it and we've all been playing it and we should talk about WoW um, once we get through some of this stuff, which is I went to the sort of sort of min maxer place which is icy veins actually my brother tyler he just sent me a link he was like this is the icy veins guide of a frost mage because when i came back all my skills were reset and i was like uh i don't know how to play anymore um just tell me <laughs> what the good thing is but i use that as like a starting template like i use the min maxing thing as a starting template and then i'm kind of like all right well even if like this set of things has me doing less damage, it's kind of more fun for me. So I'll do that instead. Yeah, I don't play like that. Yeah. So Sandy, you were talking about the fighting games earlier, which not being someone who is invested in fighting games or have played a lot of them. Like I see that as a very like min maxer sort of place. And it sounds like you don't necessarily treat it that way. And so I'm interested like in, in a game like that, where to me, like winning a match against another person is kind of like the point of the game in my mind, at least like, what is it about, the way that you approach that game that allows you to sort of like not focus so hard on the min maxing aspect of the combos and the the characters that you can pick from. I think it's just the way that you approach games as a whole. I I'm a casual player, a hundred percent super casual. My fiance is, he's been playing a little bit more competitively than I have. And his whole thing is learning the, the game, the frames per second, trying to figure things out. But it's also very psychological to an extent. If you are doing a a specific combo, let, let's take um, Chun-Li and you're doing um, a shimmy and you're kicking and then you're, shut up Siri, no one's talking to you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, she just turned on, God, God damn Siri. Is that but you, Sandy? Did you that, want anything? Did you need anything? I know. God, stop it. But it it's really, really psychological, especially when you're playing in the lower tiers because people are just hitting buttons. They're just hitting buttons because they just want to sure. get as many things off as possible. And you have to teach yourself to calm down and wait for the other player to approach you. So playing with Chun, Chun's a very technical player and you need to know the frames per second. You need to know when to hit a specific button you need to know when to do those those things but you also have to teach yourself to calm down and slow it down because if you're trying to get there as quickly as possible you're going to lose each and every time yeah so it's a very different perspective uh we have a gamers chat going on at work and everyone's like legion 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 and maxing 100 levels this this and that and i was like I play this game totally different than everybody else here. And I'm like, yeah. hmm, what can I do? And, and I think that's just, I prefer getting to know the story, the characters, and kind of what their motivations are, which is why I'm so obsessed with Overwatch. There's so much story and layers behind it that I tend to see myself more in the character. And that's why I enjoy it. I did not know there was a single bit of story to Overwatch. As far as I'm it's, concerned, that's like a it's perfect like, example where like two different people can approach a game. 
in a totally different way. Like the, the story is not part of the game. They've released like digital shorts or whatever, but Overwatch is purely a competitive shooter. I don't know how you can play it doing anything other than like min-maxing, playing the meta. You're trying to win. Like this, the only objective is to win, and the best chance at winning is doing the things that are the strongest in the game. At See, the time. this is why I wanted Curtis on the show, the voice of the min max. I think Sandy can back me up a little bit here, but there, there actually is like a significant amount of story in that game. You just have to look for it. There is yeah. a, like if you look Huge. at the digital stuff that they release on the side, there's definitely a ton of story behind that. Ryan, you were talking about how you think it like stinks of Titan or whatever they were planning on doing with that project right. in terms of there being like a large amount of war behind it, and that war actually exists in those maps and with those heroes the things that they say the things that they wear and like the different objects around the map that being said i'm with you curtis that like i don't think that is necessarily the point of the game and you do have to look hard for it and there's no story that is progressing as you're playing by any means um but i do think that that's an interesting game where you can take a separate approach depending on whether you want to approach it in like a casual lore interested way versus like this is a competitive shooter i am here to win well, and also, you you know, a min-maxer, or maybe, uh, I, I don't want to paint you in a negative light, Curtis, but like, maybe to somebody like Curtis, uh, the fact that when you're on a particular map, and there are particular characters on the same team, Blizzard has created dialogue to meet that scenario, to talk about something that was actually happening in the story and in the universe and in these digital shorts, that is like, to somebody who's there to win laughingly inconsequential right like completely useless completely frivolous yeah like it it there's even no reason to put it in the game whereas for somebody like sandy like that gives her x amount exponentially more enjoyment of the game of like knowing these characters acknowledging these past events or whatever you can you could argue that the mechanics of overwatch and the fact that you can pick five tracers totally breaks the fiction (laughs) that they try and set up but the fact that that's in that game is is meaningful to you sandy and less so to you right kurt we'll see like in that game it's it's meaningless to me like it's it's a game that has no campaign or anything it's just multiplayer that's all it is if I'm playing, like, for any game like that, I'm, I'm just there to win the match, or if it's something like, wow, I want to be doing the most DPS I possibly can be, or, or whatever. I mean, the only time that I'm, like, there to look at the things on the side and, like, experience the story is, like, games that are just that, like, Uncharted, for example, or, like... Uh, or, like, the, Firewatch. The, Did you play Firewatch? I, I didn't, but like that's that's the exact type of game where like I mean that's what it's meant for. You're meant to just experience it and like look at all the things. Like there's no point to just getting to the end of it because the game is the story in in some sense. But that's just not the case to me for Overwatch. So it's it's a little bit about can you like narrow a game down to like the single goal, and then like based on what that single goal is determines whether you approach right. it in like a min-max sort of way. Like while a game might have like ulterior like uh, ulterior goals, there's a single main goal of the game. And so in Overwatch that is to play PvP, to play this shooter in an attempt to win as many matches as right. you can. And so like given that goal, it makes more sense to approach it in a min-maxy sort of way. And it, it's funny too, uh, let's talk a little bit about min-maxing and, you know, satisfying max maximizers and satisfizers bleeding into our real lives. I got turned on to some of this stuff mostly mostly through Curtis, but maybe Curtis, you can talk a little bit about coffee. Oh, well, coffee's <laughs> it's quite a thing. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, it started out with like 
If if you just drink whatever coffee uh, out of a Keurig or whatever, and you put your cream and sugar in there, and you're just like, yeah, it's a it's a sweet cream sugar drink with some coffee. Most people like that. Everyone likes the caffeine. But I, what I wanted to do was drink coffee black, and like if you drink bad coffee that's black, it just tastes awful. Something you really need to like get used to. But it if you make coffee like with fresh beans and like brew it your, yourself right there. It tastes so much better and you can actually drink it black. It, for me, it was just a health thing. And then it turned into me, like, you know, measuring the temperature of the water I use when I brew <laughs> coffee and, like, getting a scale to measure the beans and all that sort of stuff. This is incredible, though. This is, like, the most uncourteous thing I would imagine, though, because I would have expected your reason for drinking the coffee was to consume caffeine. Oh, well, I mean, it, it, like, I want, I want the caffeine, right? But I don't want to have to have the extra calories of, of cream and sugar. So I was like, well, I want to drink it black, but right now I can't. So how can I get to that? That's, that's how it started. But I feel, I feel like if gasoline had caffeine in it and Curtis wanted to drink some <laughs> caffeine, he just, he'd head over to your local mobile. And... <laughs> glug, glug, glug. Right. Well, no, right. but like, and, and through that, Curtis, and it, I, I have to say, you have, in a lot of ways, become a real coffee craftsman and a connoisseur and it's this amazing thing to see which is like you you turn me on to the aeropress which is this sort of one at a time bespoke way of making your cup of coffee which involves you know grinding you got to grind the beans yourself because that's better than just that's getting already ground the coffee. most important thing <laughs> this is the single most important thing although you might argue then coffee starting talk. with only great beans talk. is like the most important thing so you start with great beans and then you grind the coffee yourself and you measure the correct amount of coffee then you make sure you have the correct temperature water so that it doesn't burn the coffee and give the coffee a bitter slash sour taste right and then you use a filter so you don't get any sediment in your coffee because who wants to drink sediment? And then you, it's the process of letting it brew. And there's a whole, it takes like, how long to make a cup of coffee, Kurt? I mean, I don't, it, it probably takes about five minutes from the time you start to cleaning up the thing when you're done. Yeah, which it's is not, not a bad. lot amount of time, but like, I guess five minutes thanks to like Keurigs has become an unacceptable amount of time <laughs> for some people, even though those same jerks will wait half an hour at Starbucks to get, you know. So Curtis, in your mind, you have min-maxed the art of making a cup of I don't, coffee. I, like, honestly, I don't know if I look at it that way. I mean, I suppose you could. I guess like in that sense, I'd be like maximizing the taste value I get out of a cup of coffee. Like I'd rather spend 10 minutes making one good cup of coffee than like be able to drink two mediocre cups of coffee in that amount of time from a Keurig or something. I guess it's what, what you're going for in the end is sort of where it starts. That's true. Cause you have, like you, you said, you apply rules to it, right? Like you apply the rule of you wanted the best taste and caffeine for the lowest calories. Like when you built a PC, you patiently waited for sales because you wanted to max out your computer, but you wanted to do it in the budget that you wanted to spend. Right. So there's almost like applying that modifier of, can I do what I want for the resources that I have? I think that's what it, what it comes down to for anything is just like, what is the goal that you're going for? And then like, what's the best way to do that? So like with Overwatch, my goal is to win. Like, did, knowing the lore and all that stuff does not bring me any happiness. God, that but, Bastion short is so good, though. The Bastion <laughs> it is, so, is good. so good. But it's true. It's like when, when I played with you guys and, and your brother, you guys were not having any fun whatsoever. 
<laughs> and it's it was loss after loss after loss. And for me, just the act of playing with you guys was fun. And losing, like, I I don't care. I was like, that guy, I did something stupid. I deserved it. Bill Clinton keeps killing me. I'm going to smack him <laughs> if I see him in real life. But it's it's one of those things where, like, I just have the act of doing it is good enough for me. I don't have to win because I don't need the satisfaction of winning. I am playing um, my placement matches for competitive. And I'm like, God, you guys are so dumb. Why? Why do you go head on? Who does right, that? Right. Um, but at, after we lose, I'm like, eh, whatever. I'm going to buy a loot box now. Oh. And I feel just as good. <laughs> I wish I could a loot be that box. way. Buy a loot box. I, I, think, I think I'm with you there on that, at Sandy. Like, I'll, I'll play competitive sometimes with people. And you see this in Destiny players sometimes, and definitely in Overwatch, where if they're not like doing well for some reason, they will just stop playing the game. And they'll say to themselves, like, oh, I don't have it tonight. Or like I, I don't feel like I'm playing very well right now. I can't I can't I can't play right now. I'm on tilt. I don't feel like I'm 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 getting it done. And that just blows my mind because I play the video game to sit there and have fun. Yeah. And like even if I am trying to like min max my ability to win, if I don't win, that doesn't mean the game isn't fun for me anymore. And so I'm not just gonna like stop playing because for some reason I don't feel like I am on tonight, so to speak. You know, it's it's so funny that you said that, Sandy, because I'm sort of Yes, I'm a satisfizer, and, and in a lot of cases, especially with competitive video games, because I think the idea of competing in a video game is a little bit silly, and it just in and of its core concept, but um, at the same time, I'm tortured because I'm a, I'm a super, I'm a super competitive person. <laughs> like, I want to win, but like at the same time i don't see the value in maximizing so it's like i want to win but i don't want to follow a prescription on how to win and i don't like losing like you i was getting mad in our <laughs> you were like, so mad i was like why, I got, why can't you just stop like when it's not someone, a good combo no, I like, know stop going ham. Like, it's like I'm not the best, but I'm really <laughs> but, mad when I but, lose. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of my own fault, right at that point. But I'm like, just laughing, and they're like, "Stop laughing, Sandy! Just it's like stop if you're it. Anna, get on the point. It's on overtime. Like, stop Sandy, it. just we're we're over here raging. I'm like, I'm on the point. I'm on the point. Yeah, right. Yeah, and and I'll get I'll get very upset at at myself if I'm playing poorly. Like, um, I will be I'll, I'll just you know i'll have matches where if the team is doing really poorly i'm just switching characters constantly because i'm trying to find i'm trying to find whatever the character is going to be that like the other team doesn't know how to handle and the truth is that there's no character that i'm going to pick that if my entire team is not able to do anything that i will be good at and so i just get mad at may then i get mad at reaper <laughs> i get mad at hannah and i just uh, uh, uh that's uh. the best part about overwatch it's never you that's causing your team to lose right. it's always <laughs> the rest of the team that's right it's always a bunch of garbage teammates it couldn't be me it couldn't be me never <laughs> you're yeah. less than than 25 of the team there's no way it could be you <laughs> and then the, of course like i'll use things like when i lose a match i'll use you know just the dumbest signpost to say that I was not like, well, I got, I got four medals. They were all bronze, but like, that means I'm not the worst, right? It wasn't me that was holding this team back. It was, you know, somebody else. Um, I think I'm a satisfizer and maximizer. Honestly, when it comes to a lot of things ancillary 
to video games. For example, I bought the uh, uh, Elite controller for my Xbox because I wanted the absolute best, finest quality, nicest designed Xbox One controller I could possibly have and the longest lasting. And, and I didn't care it was 150 bucks or whatever it was. And Davis, you put your hands on it. I think it's the best Oof, controller I've ever held. Dude. It is nice. It is no, one, no one's going to argue against that. Yeah. Nice <laughs> right. And I would happily give Sony the same amount of money if they, they made a con- PlayStation controller of that quality. Dude, um, do, do some Googling. Uh, it looks like we may be uh, in store for something like that in the future. Well, that Cross would be my cool. fingers. That would be very cool. But then, like, I'm not using the Xbox One controller so that I can have a competitive edge when I play Overwatch or something. Instead, I do use like the extended joysticks to get a little bit better steering out of like Forza or something like that. Um, but even Forza, Forza now, uh, it used to be to get gold, you came in first place. But now that there's like 20 people in a race, now to get gold, you can come in first, second, or third. And the way I used to play Forza was... That's not how medals work. <laughs> yeah, and then so, like their I'm brackets, sure essentially. There's I like gold bracket, there silver bracket. Olympics thing that happened recently. <laughs> and they give a lot of medals out in that. <laughs> they don't do it to people that came in fifth. Um, and so I used to play Forza because Forza has a very sizable campaign of like, if I didn't get a gold medal, I'd just restart the race. Um or if I didn't come in first, I would just restart the race, even though first, second, or third would give me gold. And now if I come in third, like I'm collecting a little bit less money and a little bit less experience, but like I like there's a lot to see and do. So I'm just like, okay, great. Third place, fine. Let's move on to the next thing. Because the variety of that game is I think where its value is, not so much the um the pure adrenaline of coming in first place. Yeah, dude. Hmm. Let's talk about wow. Let's talk about WoW. God. Like Raise your hand warned. if it's the best game ever made. <laughs> uh, so I, I actually I think it think might like, be. Yeah, geez. Because <laughs> um, of how long it's been out and how much it's changed, there's been multiple points where it's been my favorite game. Like, it's in the running. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, how much it's changed, that right there is, like to me, the best way to describe Legion so far. They have turned that game upside down, and I love it. And it's like previous expansions, they'll tweak things here and there. And I haven't necessarily enjoyed all of those choices that they've made. I think a lot of what they did to the talent trees was really detrimental to my experience with the game as I felt really creative in my ability to spend points in a talent tree. And when they cut that points in like to a third, such Mm -hmm. that like every 10 levels I have a choice instead of every level I have a choice, I really didn't enjoy that. But they've done so much with this expansion to change the game that it's almost like They've they've crossed a barrier where I feel like I'm playing an entirely different game, and it's great. Like I love everything they did. Yeah, I mean it's it's just the expansion's a lot of fun. Even even leveling, which like normally I don't care about, and I still skip all the movie sequences. But they've made it harder. That's the man, best dude. part the of the game. Are so good. They're so good. <laughs> Listen, I'm not going to get to one ten as fast as possible while watching movie sequences. <laughs> I mean, I still can't stand quests where a guy needs to talk to you for four minutes before you oh, can actually get Oh, and how do you experience. enjoy this expansion? All they do is talk to you. That's like my favorite part of it. Instead of reading text, every single quest giver just talks to you the whole time. That is awfully nice. I'm I'm currently level 95 with my top guy, and so I'm I'm kind of drudging my way through the not as good Warlords of Draenor stuff. And there are yeah. part there are times where I'm just like, ooh, what's what's the deal, you guys? But um. 
I'm excited to, you know, hit a hundred and get to this brand new stuff. I just want to sh show you guys that, uh, Somebody had a graph. I think it was uh, PC Games N or something like that. dot com, but they essentially plotted out the World of Warcraft subscribers in millions. And in two thousand seven, they had nine point two million people. In two thousand eight, eleven million nine eleven and a half. Two thousand ten, twelve and twelve point one, and then it started to go down. And by the way, this is twelve point one million people giving you fifteen dollars a month on top of paying full price for your video game. This is an extraordinary amount of yeah, money that, that Blizzard makes. Money. And then in two thousand eleven, twelve, thirteen, they subsequently dropped subscribers each year, and this this sort of site proposes they like extend out the graph and go. You can see by like 2016, they'll have no players left if they, you know, which is assuming that the trend line continued on that same downward curve. But instead, Blizzard has bucked that. They have increased subscribers since that point. They're now still at more subscribers than they started the game with. And and people are saying, I guess, you know, the early news is we won't know until a quarterly report that yeah. they are now at you know, perhaps an all-time high or at least a, a spike near an all-time high that they had before. Yeah. So, so in World of yeah. Draenor, I think, was a decent expansion at first. They suffered the same fate that I think Destiny has suffered in that they failed to release content for a very, very, very long time. And so people got bored with the Warlords of Draenor content, even the endgame raiding content, and they sort of felt the need to put the game down as there was nothing to do. And so who knows if that'll happen with Legion again. But Legion, so far at its core in the beginning, I mean, you mentioned it being the best since Wrath of the Lich King, Curtis, and I have to absolutely agree where every single little new mechanic that I run into, which is actually a lot right off the bat, I, I just, I like come at it with critical eyes because I've had to with all the things that they've done to the game since I first started playing it when it first released. And I like am critical of it for like five minutes before I'm like, this is great. I love it. So that like is the artifact weapon talent tree. So I had heard about artifact weapons. I didn't realize that there was an entire like talent tree baked into them. So in addition to yeah. like, your character's regular talent tree, your weapon has a talent tree, which is now actually closer to the original talent trees. And wow, where like each specific talent has multiple points that you can spend in it. And there's like a tree oh, that nice. evolves from it where like, to get to a certain leaf, you have to have picked all of the nodes up to that point, as opposed to just having like a flat choice every 10 levels, which is what the talent system is like. So that right there is like this really interesting world of customization. And at the same time, you get to stick with the same weapon the whole time. And your first reaction will be like, well, that's crap. Like, what if I don't like the look of that weapon? But they've baked like transmogging really hardcore into the item drop system such that like new weapons will drop, but they won't be actually like items that have statistics on them. They'll just be a new weapon that you can use to transmog your like artifact weapon that you're building up. There's even it's the, Diablo and WoW. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah I mean, the, the Transmog editions came, I think, at the end of Warlords of Draenor, like in some of the pre-patch stuff. So I guess it's technically Legion stuff. But yeah, now you can just Transmog anything to anything you've ever, like any appearance you've ever picked up, you can Transmog any of your items to it at any time as long as you meet the level requirements. They've added like an additional Transmog system where like, looks like certain achievements unlock like special appearances for oh, your artifact that's a weapon good idea that seems yeah. like an idea i would pitch <laughs> and then well, there's even in, like yeah go ahead 
I was going to say, and as much as Curtis probably doesn't enjoy this aspect, if there's like a story behind your artifact weapon and as a class, like per specialization, you can pick a different artifact weapon. So like in the most basic class that has three specializations, there's like three stories behind three really cool weapons that you can build out. And I really enjoy that. The fact that like in addition to the regular story of the game, my weapon has a story that like evolves as I use it. I also love that the weapons have like they have slots that you can insert trinkets into. So it's just like an an extra piece of gear that you have that will like increase the item level of your weapon and like give it one of the nodes in that tree like a bonus. So there's just more stuff dropping. Well, I play that game to like feel the concept of customizing a character. Like when I play a game like, wow, I want my character to feel like my own and I want it to feel different than everybody else's. So the more like item slots they can give me to make a choice on, the more likely I am to have made a character that's custom to me. And so that like every little bit of like customization they add is great, which is why I love the talent tree of that artifact weapon so much. That's one more area where I can make my own choices that are hopefully different than the choices of other people. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And so in addition to the artifact weapons, uh, Again, sort of like tailoring the game to your character's class and specialization. There's now these class halls. I think Curtis mentioned them earlier. So each specific class has a separate like realm that you you get like a little hearthstone to it. And within that realm is where you learn all about your artifact weapon. And it's a realm specific to your class. Like no other classes can come to that place. So for druids, there's this place called the Dream Grove. And it's this like wooded night elf sort of area. Really, really beautiful. And that's where you do are real class halls, man. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and so that's where you do that's where you do like your uh your druid type stuff and that's where you like progress your artifact weapon you have to go back there in order to to do the stuff to your weapon that you want that's another thing is they actually make you travel to places to get things done now as opposed to like just being able to do any of this talent customization from anywhere in the world yeah and there's also they sort of baked in some of the garrison stuff into the class halls too where you have like followers and you can send them on missions that are just yeah. like timed things but there's other people at the class halls, too. That was my biggest complaint about the garrisons, was they're, like, totally removing the social aspect of the yeah. game. Well, and Not only that, but they have they have Dalaran now, too. So there's an actual city where you can go yeah, and, like... Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say, is the fact that Dalaran is the main city again, and there's actually people there, is is great, I think. Yeah, I feel like a summarized Worlds of Draenor is that, like, lonely feeling you have when you're, like, standing in your garrison by yourself. And there's mm-hmm. just 40 quests, and you're like, I don't want to do all of these, and... <laughs> I can't do ship missions because I need a separate resource. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, like none of that stuff like really matters because I really do enjoy the story. So, World of Draenor is uh, very special to me because I play a Draenei with Arya, and we we read the books, we read every single quest. It's like every single lore. That's all that matters. So having Warlords of Draenor was huge for me because I'm like, now I get to see the Draenei coming into the orc world for the first time, also known as Draenor, and seeing all this stuff, that for me was the most exciting thing. And every single, you know, cataclysm I enjoyed. Missa Pandaria, the pandas are adorable. Uh, it's a different feel. It's a different art style. It's totally different. That's what i like about world of warcraft i like the art i like the story i like the thought that's being put into it i like that soundtrack and the soundtrack's amazing the music in that game i got the collector's edition and aria was like 
I am not getting the collector's edition. I'm like, we've gotten every single collector's edition since we we got together. Why would you not buy the collector's edition? You know you're going to get jealous <laughs> of my stuff. The, do you love me? <laughs> <laughs> and then he did. He was like, oh, you get all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, you know we get all this stuff. Why did you not buy this? And he's like, oh, I'm going to buy the collector's edition. I got mine on Tuesday, but I work and I commute. So I didn't really get to play the game, but I didn't let him redeem my game code. I was like, no, 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 no. My game. Dream on. I'm redeeming this right now. And he's like, "That you don't love me. And I'm like, I love this so much. I love this more than you. <laughs> <laughs> that I am redeeming the game. Um, oh, well, man. I, I, uh, I wonder how you'll feel about Legion. I feel like the story aspect of Legion, that is something that I like look to experience in that game as well. Um, I really do like to be moved by good story writing, and I do think like Blizzard has a knack for it. And I wonder how you're going to feel about it, because I, I do think so far the story is pretty great. The only difference is, like, and you can still do the reading. Like, with each quest that you get, there's a whole good old chunk of text that you can read about what's going on. But at the same time, what they've done is they've baked these, like, talking head user interface elements where like you pick up a quest and the person who gave it to you will be this little like talking head up in the corner of your screen and they'll start like talking to you about the quest that you're on. Oh, very so that's different than like having to read up front and then read again as you turn in quests and move on to the next step. They kind of like follow you around in a more like real time sort of way. But I think that helps that game mechanic a lot. And I do don't, I don't feel like that, like my, my concept of the story is any, is any more shallow than it was before. Also, no, I think it's good. Also, if you haven't played World of Warcraft before or, you know, you just kind of remember it from years ago when, you know, there's these, you know, people said, oh, I was addicted. I had to get off World of Warcraft or whatever. Uh, I totally get that. But people are like addicted. We're addicted to Farmville. You know, <laughs> most people suffer from a Facebook addiction these Talk days. Talk Candy Crush. Candy, candy Crush. Some Go. people are addicted exactly. to Like Pokemon WoW is the least of the video game addictions these days. Right. And so uh, now's a great time to just kind of get into the game and get started. And yes, you, you know, you pay 60 bucks or whatever or 100 bucks for all this stuff to, and then 15 bucks a month. But I think you could, you know, first of all, your first month's free because you know, drug dealers always give you a little taste <laughs> before they start selling you the product. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think now's a good time to get started because like also leveling up with the exception of the levels that I'm in 90 to 100 is mostly enjoyable and smoother than it's uh, ever been um, well like for the first time ever i actually sort of forgot what level i was and how much experience i had to the next level to the point where like when i was ready to stop on uh what was it wednesday night i actually had like a little sliver but i'm, I'm actually not even level 101 yet i'm still level 100 and i've sort of just been really taking my time and i got to the end of my time playing on wednesday and saw that i had this little silver left and normally i would be like oh i gotta go get the rest of that i gotta go do a couple quests and get that level 101 before i go to sleep and i was sort of like okay with it i was like you know what i really enjoyed the time i played tonight and i sort of forgot that it was about gaining experience and i like sort of focused more on experiencing the game and the new mechanics and i was totally fine with that so i'm still yeah, i'm gaining real human brain experience always <laughs> <laughs> um so uh to kind of uh, put a bow on our World of Warcraft conversation, uh, I will let me first share a story of why I have my copy of <laughs> World of Warcraft. Oh, this one's great. Which uh, I've told you, uh, told some of you about. Sandy, I haven't told you yet. Or maybe I did. But I wasn't going to get the expansion right away because I wasn't high enough level on any of my characters to even get to the content. I'm still not, even though I have that boost still waiting for me. Um, 
and I was like, all right, if I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm unemployed currently, which means your boy Ryan is, <laughs> is taking his time on things. But I was like, okay, I don't want to spend as much money as so. You know, at Best Buy, I have Gamers Club. I'll get it for twenty percent off. It'll be forty instead of fifty. I feel like I used a coupon. Feel good. Um, and so I went to Best Buy, and I was like, I'm looking for World of Warcraft, and they were like, that, dude, that is that's sold out. That is sold out. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, great. And then I looked, uh, and Fry's, which is an electronics store down here in the valley, um, they apparently they're a chain, but um, yeah, old fries. Good old fries, where, where Davis got his PC, yeah. um, got all of his components. That um, place is magical. If you guys ever find yourself in Sunnyvale, California, go to Fries Electronics. Go to Fries and hit us so, up. We'll come join you. <laughs> we'll join you, Fries. We'll do. We're doing a meet and greet at Fries this Wednesday. Um, and so, yeah. So I went to Fries, and Fries was like with a promo code ten dollars off. I was like, that's basically what I was going to save at Best Buy. So I order it for in-store pickup. 15 minutes later, I was suspiciously too quick. They're like, we got it, dude. Come pick it up. I was like, all right. So I drive over there, and I get there. I get to the cash register. I show the dude my order number, and he goes to look, and he comes back, and he's like, what's the order number again? Show it to him. He goes back, looks. He's gone 15 minutes. He can't find it. And then eventually he pulls his manager over, and the manager's like, oh, you know, we have somebody who like didn't pick it up this morning so just give him that copy and he's like okay and then i see her walk out with what is an exceptionally large box for a piece of software <laughs> and i was like i don't know what's happening right now but i'm not gonna say anything <laughs> <laughs> and so they come out and they give me the World of Warcraft Collector's Edition. Now, this could be a problem because that's like a $90 version of the game, right? I paid 70 on uh, Amazon Prime. Okay, so you had the 20 the, that's the 20% discount, right? Yeah. Okay, with the Prime. Yeah. So, I was like, this is expensive. So, and then he he rings me up. It was he did not he did not rescan it. So, it was still in the the checkout as the regular edition of the game. So he checks me out for $39 Ooh. for the World of Ooh. Warcraft Legion Collector's oh, Edition. And I was like, um, okay, thank you. <laughs> Walk out. And of course, oh now the God. next thing is the guy's going to check the receipt. And of course, you know, they don't actually, like, anyone who checks receipts at a door doesn't actually give a shit. No, <laughs> like, they just highlight. I'm picturing he Ryan, highlights like, it. He's like, like, like okay, good. off to his car as quickly as possible. <laughs> right. Looking at his just rear sweating. view mirror for, like, just a surprise sweating bullets. guy on the way to come, like, reel him back into the store. <laughs> <laughs> like, the fries guy's going to be like, you can't leave! Uh, and so, Getting I just home got home. Getting home it as quickly as possible. <laughs> right, in case they were Once it's open, you can't take it back. Once it's open, you can't take it back. That's right. And so, I've got, uh, yeah, I mean, Sandy knows everything. There's a big old mouse pad in there. There's a, mm -hmm. a, an art book. I'm still, I still got to so watch great. that two-hour making of Blu-ray. I'm very excited with it. I think you got a hero's mount with it, too. I got a hero's yep. mount. Yeah, so when, when we play Heroes again, you, I better see that mount. That's right. Is man. it Heroes Mount, Wings for Diablo, three Hearthstone card packs. You get yeah. a pet. Yeah. I also so want to see cool. that. And a mount for wow. Yeah, there's also a wow mount, which is cool, but, like, it doesn't fly or 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 does it fly well nobody's flies yet well it it didn't even fly in stormwind like it doesn't fly gotcha 
Um, yeah, it doesn't fly. It's like a like a fell thing. I want the fell <laughs> kitty. They're all just different versions of cats, aren't they? At this point. All right. Before we get out of here <laughs> this week, I want to tell everybody that you can listen to every episode of our show for free at pixelsweekly.com. It's you can free follow now. us. It's free now. We made it free. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! Uh, <laughs> you can follow us at Pixels Cast. Uh, let's do a roundtable of how people can find you guys, uh, Sandy. Uh, the internet. Okay, good. <laughs> at CGBS Rule, I always have to do Sandy's username for. Her. I'm at Ryan Quintel. Mr. Davis. Yeah, I'm at Barber B A R B E R D T on Twitter, and you can find me in most gaming platforms, Twitch included, at CC Patriot. Cool. Comedy Central Patriot. Comedy Central Patriot. Patriot. Sports. <laughs> Gross. Uh, I am at Curtis Quintel. Yeah, basically everywhere, right? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I'll be Curtis Q on any other platform that it's available. Yeah, right. Until somebody takes it on you. I always or feel you like can't it's recover me taking it from address. myself and forgetting. <laughs> <laughs> Your old password. <laughs> That's great. It's <laughs> always good. So um, next week on the show, I'm gonna I'm gonna start trying to say on the show. By the way, what's gonna happen next week on the show to see if people like that? Next, next week on the show, we have uh, next Weekly. next time on Pixels Weekly. We are going to be talking about the PlayStation event that's coming up on Tuesday. So uh, right after Labor Day is done, is it Labor Day? It is Labor Day um, for everybody. So have a good long weekend and get ready for PlayStation news. And we'll probably share some things if they're pertinent uh, from the Apple event on the very same day. So what? Yeah, I know. Too I need much, that. Too much nerd news all in one day. Um, that does it for us this week. And until next time. Aloha. Later, dudes. And dudettes. I, I realized that last I realized that last time. <laughs> dudettes. Later, dudettes. Later, dudettes and dudes. <laughs> Oh my god. How did you say it? Later, dudes. But wait no, a uh, Curtis. Curtis, yeah. Go said, ahead. Uh, sayonara. <laughs> <laughs> that means goodbye, right? Yeah, it means goodbye forever. With an, with an A instead of the O. Oh, it's like well. how I say mayo. And continuing the garbage truck on fire, I will say, we'll see you next week. We really did it. Yay. We went yeah. super long on this episode, too. So I wonder. Uh, I, think I, I have to trim a bunch from the quiz. Cuts, but yeah. Make some cuts. Yeah. It's fine. I, just leave it. Just well, leave it. Just oh. put it up. Wow. Jesus. Aggressive. Just, just put it up. Just, don't cut it's, any it's of this. Good. Don't nope. cut any of it. It's leave, fine. Leave it all in. Part. Yep. We don't need to min-max the podcast. <laughs> nope. Leave it up. Leave it up. Get, people get to know who we are. That's right. No one hits stop on the recorders. All this is going in. It's all going in. It's all going in. Yep. This is all going in. Yep, all in. Now let's play the theme song. Theme song. (laughs) I don't even know what it is.